that's a normal thing. And that was a massive part. I think a big thing that shook me was like, whoa, who am I when external factors and accolades don't define who I am? Mm. Who am I when a seven figure in, you know, entrepreneur in my Instagram bio doesn't define who I am, right? Who am I when, you know, Wade asked us before we, we pressed record, like, okay, how, like what, what's your title? I'm like, I don't know, dude. Like, I don't know what my <laughs> title is, you know, like, like, who are we when we don't identify as these avatars to the world? Welcome friends. We are your hosts, Sandy and Wade, baby best friends turned husband and wife and business partners. This podcast is for the dreamers the movers and shakers, and those who seek to attract their dream life. Strap in, getting magnetic in three, two, one. Like attracts like. If you see it in your mind, you can hold it in your hand. You just decide what it's gonna be, who you're gonna be, how you're gonna do it. And then from that point, the universe is gonna get out your way. This moment in time, this is your time to rise. All right, Getting Magnetic, welcome to September, where our theme is exponential growth and quantum leaps. And, you know, it's funny, we were thinking about this topic and this theme and guests we wanted to bring on who we felt just embodied and are aligned with that energy, right? That quantum leap energy. And it's funny, I don't know our guest today that well, but I've been following her for about two years. Jen Kennedy, she she's really a leader of leaders. She does a lot in the money mindset space and getting in alignment and just has big, big energy, I'll just say. Has a great <laughs> brand online and I always get value. I love following her because it feels light and fresh and energetically aligned. So I just voice memo her. I'm like, Jen, we don't know each other but I want to invite you on our podcast and let's talk like quantum leaps. And she was like, say no more, my friend, let's go. Let's do it. So here we are, Jen Kennedy. Welcome to the show. Excited to have you on getting magnetic. Thank you. Thank you. And you actually sent me a video, not a voice. Oh, that's right. And then that's I was right, like, for sure, I'll come on. All right. Yeah, good yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. That's right. <laughs> so good. Okay. So before we kick it off, um, obviously you're a guest here on getting magnetic. What does getting magnetic mean to you? Like what pops out mm-hmm. at you? You know, the first thing is instead of thinking that we have to go get something, right? It's actually uncovering it within us because we're all magnetic by nature. It's it's actually our most natural state is magnetism. And so it's really about like coming home to ourselves and clearing those things that are stopping us from being able to become magnetic so that we really truly can be magnetic. But it's like magnetism is our natural state. It's just us unlocking that within yes. so that we can achieve it without. Mm. Totally. It's and when you're in that magnetic state, like everything flows to you and it feels so good. Oh, and when so you're good. out of it, it's like, oh, how do I get back there? Like literally. Like, yeah. How do I get back to that good feeling? Um, so, it's funny because I feel like magnetism, like it flows in and out for me. Like yesterday I did not feel magnetic, and today I feel like wildly magnetic. Like the conversations and I'm in today and connections I'm making, I'm like, whoa, and they're coming to me. And so it's funny for me, I like can flow in and out, but those seasons where you are magnetic and the goal is just to be that for life, but obviously life ebbs and flows. Jen, before we ask your story, I actually want, you brought up this magnetism. We all have it inside us. Give me like quick hitting, quick tip before we even get to know you fire around. How do you wake up and like channel your magnetism daily? Mm, I first want to say that there are times it's not easy. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I love that you just said that weight of like yesterday, you were like, dude, I, you know, like I was like, what the hell? And and Sandy, when you were like, how do I get it back? Right. Like, I think that there's a, a preconceived or a, just a false story that a lot of people have that like, oh, it's just, it's really easy. And we can just kind of tap into it whenever we want. And the reality is, is sometimes you can, but sometimes you can't. And I think we have to accept that when we're not fully magnetic the only way to become magnetic is to go deeper within ourselves and see what's blocking us from not being that magnetic nature that it is that we are. Right. So there are mornings where I wake up and I'm like, Oh yeah, here it is. Let's go. And then I put on some high vibe music and just, mm-hmm. you know, just like ride that magnetic wave. And then there are mornings that I wake up and I'm like, Oh, where'd it go? <laughs> like, will it ever come back? Where is it? What am I broken? What's going on? Did, did the magnet break? And I just, I don't know how to fix it. Like, what's the deal here? Right. And so those mornings are different. You know, those mornings as I'm diving deep into myself and seeing what needs to be healed and what needs to be looked at and, you know, really honoring myself and loving myself. Cause we've got to be able to love ourselves when we're not magnetic, just as much as we love ourselves when we're magnetic, mm. you know? And so it's, it, it looks different depending on what my emotions have brought mm. up that day, you know, and I kind of just tune into those emotion, emotions, let them guide me and then kind of dive into the practices from there. So good. I feel like I've gotten way more flowy with my morning routine like that too. Like I used to be very regimented and be like (laughs) all these things. Um, And now I'm like, "Mm, I don't feel like doing that. Like, it's funny though, right before this, I told Wade, because I've gotten away from my gratitude practice, like Mm. in the second round of motherhood, like, you know, at the time of this recording, I'm 10 weeks postpartum. And right now my whole reality is consumed by like, okay, when do I feed her next? Oh, I need to change her diaper. Oh, it's time for a nap. Like my whole life is like surrounded by that. And because that's so all consuming, you put yourself sometimes like on the back burner and these like little habits that like have shaped who you are can somehow like drift away. Mm -hmm. And last Thursday, I had this like, literally like this, like awakening of my soul. I met this amazing, beautiful human who told me her story And it was like a very tragic story about like losing her husband and she's now a widow and she has three young kids. And she told me the story in such depth and such detail. It like, I cried myself to sleep that night. Like, I just was like, wow, here I am like being resentful towards Wade because I wake up more than him in the night and he gets to still do work and all these things. And my whole life and body is being taken over by our sweet, beautiful, healthy child. And anyway, long story longer, I told after that happened, I was like, I need to like check my ass and I need to get back into my rituals that I, that make me feel good. And part of that is gratitude. And this morning in my gratitude journal, it was like a commitment to yourself. It was like, I commit to doing this for five days in a row. And if I do, this is my reward. And if I don't, this is my punishment or whatever. And so the reward, I was like, okay, if I do this for the next five days in a row, um, then I'm going to reward myself with a Thai massage. And if mm-hmm. I don't do it, then I'm going to run 10 miles at 5 a.m. And I told that to Wade and he's like, babe, do you think you could do that? I'm like, are you kidding me? I just did an unmedicated home birth. Of course I could run 10 miles. <laughs> I'm like, you're a beast, but it's just a little different. But it's funny. And I love it. Like, you're like, um, how about like yeah. for 10 minutes or 10 blocks? No, I, you I know, like, challenge. how about that? Sandy's all or nothing. So I know she won't miss that because that is like very painful for her to think about doing. One mile would but be it, painful. It's funny because I've seen the shift in her. And the night before this happened, I started writing a letter to her. Because like, and it's 50-50 relationships, marriage, life, everything like, uh, but it's more, let me take 100% responsibility, let her take 100% responsibility and come together. We both, 
you know, how it works. But I, yeah. I almost gifted her a gratitude journal and wrote a letter of like, hey, I think know something that's really benefited your life that you've told me is gratitude. And I feel like you maybe have gotten away from that. And then I, for sure. some reason, stopped writing the letter. And then the universe delivered this beautiful soul into her life and like gave her Aww. that kind of message. But I love anyways, that. we're on a total it probably story. wouldn't have landed if you did it. No, it no, would not like have that's the thing, right? Because no. obviously, like, here's the crazy thing as humans, like, I'm I'm still trying to figure out this whole human experience thing mm -hmm. that we're a part of right now. You know, it's like really wild to me when I think I figured it out. It's just like another thing happens. I'm like, just kidding. I know nothing. But like, <laughs> the big massive aspects of being humans is that pain typically drives us to change. Mm -hmm. you know and so it's like you hearing this woman's painful story and then it's like shit I should you know be really appreciative of my husband and then like okay I don't want to run 10 miles right and so it's like <laughs> so much of my journey is you know magnetism money success love relationships just myself right it's like how can I actually start to to realize that I don't need pain to drive me how can mm -hmm. I literally leave that response that I've had my entire life aside and, and start to bring in aspects of self-love, right. Mm -hmm. To, to change and to help me evolve into my soul's natural essence. And that is a tough journey mm -hmm. to go down as humans when pains, pain and difficulties have shaped us into the humans that we are today. Mm, it's so true. Wow. Um, okay. I want to know, I'm kind of maybe doing this out of order, but like, mm -hmm. I just want to hear, I want to start here. Like what was like, I feel like you're going to have an answer to this. What was like the pivotal moment that like, what was a pivotal moment in your life that like shifted something massively for you? I feel like you have one. And if you want to also share your story during this or yeah. we can get there after. <laughs> like, listen, I'll introduce myself stuff. at the end. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes. It's not a big yeah. deal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I've had a lot of pivotal, you know, like massive pivotal moments. Um, but I think honestly, the biggest one that rocked me the most was this realization that like the majority of what I've created on this earth and for myself and you know our my you know small family not with kids yet is was in some way shape or form driven from a really difficult time in my upbringing or my teenage years or my 20s you know like I, I look back and my therapist told me a while ago, he's like, wow, you had a really traumatic childhood. And I was like, what? No, I didn't. Like, whatever. My parents got divorced and like, yeah, I had alcoholism in my family. And like, yeah, like I had two jobs a day. I turned 14 and like, you know, student loans that buried me and always had to work, you know, two jobs to get by, like up until I left my teaching, my career as a teacher, you know, and like, yeah, I had a master's and I was working, you know, 12 hours after, you know, you know, throughout the week on top of being a full-time teacher and getting a master's degree and starting business like what's the big deal I just I was determined I was driven you know mm -hmm. and he stopped and he's like dude you have had a really intense life and I looked at him and I was like how weird is it that my body doesn't register the intensity that drove me here you know, and he was like, that's normal for high achievers, for people who have grown up in, in households that weren't, you know, that, that weren't ideal, you know, that's, he's like, that's, that's a normal thing. And that was a massive part. I think a big thing that shook me was like, whoa, who am I when external factors and accolades don't define who I am? Mm. Who am I when a seven figure in, you know, entrepreneur in my Instagram bio doesn't define who I am, right? Who am I when, you know, Wade asked us before we, we pressed record, like, okay, how, like what, what's your title? I'm like, I don't know, dude. Like, I don't know yeah. what the title is, you know, like, like, who are we when we don't identify as these avatars to the world, you know, and when that moment shook me, you know, it, 
it started a, a season of depression and I don't use that term lightly, but you know, it's, it started a season of, um, apathy, hopelessness, helplessness. It started a season of, I don't know who the hell I am without these things defining me. And one of my favorite, I don't know if you guys follow Jim Carrey, but he's incredible in the mental health and the spiritual mm -hmm. world. He just is like truly someone I, I've really, 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 the few people I actually look up to deeply. And he says, you know, just depression is simply that this avatar is tired of playing the role that it's played. And this, you come to this space where you actually get to this place in your life where you get to create from your heart who it is that you are in this world, from your soul, who it are, who it is that you are in this world, you get to create your body of work from like your real true soul mission, not who other people expect you to be and not who you think that you need to be in order to live in this world. And so that was, you know, the many shifts and the many like shakeups that I've had in my life. That was the biggest one that sent me super dark, super dark for quite some time. You know, you can call it ego death, death and rebirth, dark night of the soul, all of them all in one. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs go through it. Yeah. Mm, wow. Sounds good. So there was a lot of things in there. I feel like I could unpack, but um, I went out of order here. Right. So now <laughs> can you share, like, tell the story of Jen? Like, I know that's a loaded question, but like, we see you here today. Yeah. Like... We see like, how did you get here? Like, take <laughs> us on that journey. That's I, I, and I feel like there's always like 10 versions of a story. It's like, which... <laughs> Which version of my story do I tell? Whatever's like coming through, just like let it yeah. come through. And, and today, bridge the gap to today, right? When I look at For Jen, sure. you know, and I'm getting to know her here on this on this episode even better. But like when I see you on social media, right? Seven figure entrepreneur, you know, very aligned energy, like feels like not every day is peak magnetism, right? But where you get to wake up, design your day, live your life in what feels energetically aligned to you and you help other people do the same and you, yeah. your impact grows because you help leaders grow and take quantum leaps and all these things. So seeing that today, but I know even just knowing some of your story, that wasn't always the case. So help us mm -hmm. like bridge that gap from Jenna growing up to Jen Kennedy and maybe back to Jenna and beyond. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of shared a little bit earlier, you know, I grew up in a family, um, parents that love me, but divorced when I was super young, when I was five years old, um, you know, and it was just kind of like, it, it was what it was. What are you going to do about it? It is what it is, you know, and went back and forth between mom and dad and turned 14 and quickly realized that, I mean, I realized this growing up, we didn't, we weren't the type of people that had money. We weren't the type of people who the family that could go out to eat. We weren't the type of family that could go on vacation. We just, we weren't born with that, you know, deck of cards, if you will. And so we, um, you know, grew up and decided that I wanted to go to college and have the good old college experience. And the only way to do that was through loans. You know, the only way to get the things that I really wanted in life, cars, college education job was to work really freaking hard because we just weren't the type of people that were dealt those cards. And so I did that. I developed a really strong work ethic from the time that I was 14 on, you know, first person in my family to be able to go to college, went to school to get a, my education degree. I always, my entire life wanted to help people never knew really like what route to take. And I always say that like back then, you know, like when we were growing up, the only way to help people that we knew of was like become a nurse or a teacher. And I like kids. So I decided to become a teacher and I played that, that role for eight years. I loved it. I was a kindergarten teacher, a first grade teacher, an interventionist, a special ed teacher, have a master's and an ed specialist degree in leadership and administration, because I wanted to just help more 
people. And so the only way that I knew how to help more people within that matrix of the world was to climb up the system and become a principal. And it wasn't until I was really essentially the assistant principal of my, of my elementary school that I worked at, that I was like, this isn't it. And I'm sure you guys have felt that feeling that like, you're like, wait a second, I'm here. I'm helping people. I'm like doing what I thought that I wanted to do in this world. And then like, you wake up every morning and you're like, this isn't it. You're like, this is some kind of sick joke. Like I just worked my tail off to get here and this isn't it. And so I just kept following my gut and following my intuition. And I started helping people with weight loss and women healing their body image and finding confidence and power through their physical bodies. And that business took off like crazy. And then you know, the state of the world changed in 2020 and my business kept taking off and a ton of other people that I knew and I loved they they were struggling and they were like, can you just teach us what it is that you're doing? And so much of my work was less around business and more around who you are as a leader, because hello, my teaching and leadership background, and also your relationship with money, because I grew up with a really crummy relationship with money. And I realized if I really want to change you know, the generations to come. And I really want to shift my, my, my reality, then it, it has a lot to do with my relationship with money. And I was in debt my whole life and struggled with money my entire life and really focused on those two things, help people and leading and your relationship with money and just kept growing and got to a point where built a seven figure business and then did it in another, you know, year after that. And then kind of got to a point where I started recognizing that I was helping a lot of people with money and I started to recognize, you know, what I knew to be true, which was our, our reality is a direct reflection of what's going on within. And so unless I really help guide people more within, we really can only change the external temporarily. And so then I started to really shift to the inner work, the healing work, the spiritual work, the relationship with money work, the inner magnetism work, the inner relationship to yourself, to source, to your soul, you know, and really supporting leaders and awakening to their unique purpose, not what the industry tells them to do, not how the industry tells them to do it, but what's true for themselves. And then to really be able to create that magnetism and that success within and without. Mm, so good. I relate so much to your story coming back to like more drive, high achievement, et cetera. And thinking like, no, oh, I, I didn't have a ton of trauma in my childhood, but same type thing, like parents divorce early, I think around the same time, like five got back together just to, you know, help raise us. But like, mm -hmm. there wasn't love or a, a solid relationship there had, you know, kind of scarcity money mindset within the family, right? Couldn't right. go out to eat as much, not, you know, vacations, all the things had to work for everything had to yeah. be like, so money was an and a thing for me. And I was like, okay, who makes money? Mm -hmm. Businessmen. So young age, I'm like, I gotta go to business school. Mm. I can't afford to go to business school. Okay, I gotta work for it on the football field and in class and right. et cetera. So like I gotta get the scholarship and all the things and still had student loans and got my master's degree and like, all right, I gotta climb the ladder in finance and for make sure. a lot of money. And then got to that point, not you know, not assistant principal, but a VP in my finance firm. And I was like, this isn't it. Like yeah. I reached that pinnacle I set out to go to, but this isn't it. And kind of then on the search for like, what is it? And I love, I forget if you said it before we record or not, but we're still figuring out this human experience. I think that's like a lifelong sure. thing until you're like, maybe in your eighties or nineties, you're like very wise. You're like, oh, I, I kind of <laughs> maybe have some, home. <laughs> maybe not. Um, but what, so was there like a moment for you? What, what helped you shift from, I have a master's, I'm a teacher to, 
your first thing was kind of helping women with body image and weight loss. Like yeah. what, what was the moment part a, and then part B going scaling to a seven figure business multiple times or in beyond is, is a quantum leap, right? So like sure. walk us through some of that energy energetically, like the quantum leap. Yeah. Yeah. So part one, um, you know, what's funny is I, I look back and nothing makes logical sense. And I don't think it does. If you're following the soul and you're following, you know, God source universe, whatever, whatever feels true to anyone listening to you guys, you know, it never, it doesn't make logical sense, right? Because you can't logic your way to, to emotions, into energy, into spirit, like you just can't. And so when I really look back, you know, I worked in the the best school district in Michigan for eight years. You know, I, I was, I was doing the darn thing. And very well respected. And when I walked into the HR office and I said I was leaving, the HR you know officer was like, "What? What? Like we've got you slated to be an assistant principal? Like what are you? What are you talking about?" And I was, you know, I'm like, I, I just, I, I have, I'm being pulled in another direction. And you know, I remember my dad called my brother. My brother told me this and said, "You know, what is Jenna on drugs or something? Like what is she doing, leaving this career? You know?" And then like, I just you know, I, I look back and it's like, I was led, I was led by a, a power that's greater than me. And I was led at that moment to a massive passion and helping women. I had an eating disorder all through college and a few years after and healed it myself. Always had a really, really difficult relationship with my physical body. I think most women do, you know, we were raised with magazines telling us that we should look a certain way and nobody, spoiler alert, we now know that nobody actually looks like that. And so you know, my passion at that time was to help women do that. And it's like, I just had to follow my heart and I had to follow where I was pulled. And, and that's really what I've done my entire, my entire, you know, career as an entrepreneur is just continuously listened. And and as it relates to the quantum leap is I think that that's the only time that you actually can quantum leap because a quantum leap isn't a logical thing. A quantum leap is an energetic, spiritual evolution when you're going from this level to this level. And we can only quantum leap when we're in alignment. We can only quantum leap when we really truly are like living out our gifts and in, in doing the work that it is that we're meant to do in this world at, at this point in time. And so, you know, I, the quantum leaps continued to happen. I mean, they really did continue to happen year after year after year. It was like I would my first year or my second year, I four X my company and then I three X it. And then I stayed on that, on that trajectory of the, of just, you know, maintaining at that level. And I don't think that you can quantum leap if, if you're not fully in alignment. I don't think you can quantum leap if you don't fully believe that you can quantum leap. I don't, And I think that majority of people are blocking their quantum leaps, but they're not even recognizing that they're blocking them because they're thinking that it's found in something outside of them. When in reality, we can only quantum leap within and then experience it without. Mm -hmm. So good. It's almost like has to be a private experience first yes. and then you can share it with the world, right? hundred percent. And it should, mm -hmm. and, and so many things should, you know, like, look at like your birth to your daughter. Like you said, you know, like unmedicated, like at home, right? Like I, I highly doubt that you went on the internet, you know, and live streamed it when you were doing it just to show the world that you're a badass mom that can give birth at home, you know, like I'm imagining it was the most beautiful experience that was the most, you know, the most incredible, like family full of love and joy and, and pure miracles and creation. Right. And then um, yeah, I don't know what you've shared on your platform after that. Right. But so often when it relates to money and, and quantum leaps as business owners, you know, the ego gets a, 
they get it gets a hit like a drug hit to be like hey look at i quantum leaped like look at me mm-hmm. give me attention i quantum leaped and so we often want it to be really public mm-hmm. but the reality is it's like that's our journey our path our work enjoy it and then you can share later you know of course share and lead it later with the wisdom that you have instead of hey look at me look at what i've done like soak the wisdom up of of how you quantum leap of what happened and and fully experience it and then bring that wisdom to the world to show others how to do the same so good i love that you said i forget your exact quote but just something about how like things don't make logical sense yeah like i'm so not a logical person like i'm like full intuition like everything is energy to me yeah like i'm like what feels right in this moment yeah. right even yeah. if it makes no sense and your dad's calling your brother and is like is is she on drugs like those types of moments it's like i'm following what my soul is telling me to do Literally. and i've never been guided wrong when i do that you know and so for the listeners like I don't know what that thing is for you in your life, but you probably have something and maybe it's buried away, Mm -hmm. but that's like tugging at your heart. That's Mm -hmm. tugging at your gut. That's tugging at your soul. That's tugging. Maybe no one knows. Maybe your partner doesn't know your best friend, your mom, like maybe it's like locked up and it's so secret and it's so deep. Mm. But if you let that out, like, and maybe it's just, again, a private experience at first, but like, maybe you do something where you like express that, even if it's just for yourself at first, and then like it bleeds out more and more. And then maybe you do share it with your partner or your best friend, or, and eventually maybe you share it with the world, but like, you can't get to the quantum leap until you've like done that personal growth. And that like birth has happened within you. Literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw something online, um, on Instagram and I can't remember who said it or what said it. I I'm, I'm the queen of like seeing the really good things and I like forget who said it. And I'm like, whoever <laughs> said this, I'm giving you credit for the quantum. <laughs> I have no idea, but it essentially was like how people often misunderstand. And the word was ruthless and I loved it. Cause I don't use that word a lot, but it just like hits home, right. About how ruthless the intuition is like our soul, our mm-hmm. guidance, our, our internal guidance system, because the purpose of the intuition is to direct you and to guide you where it is that you're supposed to to, to be not to make you feel good, you know, but it's like to guide you and where it is that you're supposed to. And so often the intuition is ruthless. And it's like that thing that you said of just like, you can't stop thinking about it. You can't stop, you know, like you can't stop feeling. It just keeps coming up and you get little signs here and there. And it's like, Hey, go, you know, like mm. forget the human fear, the humans, the humans clouded in fear. That's the human. It's supposed to keep us safe and keep us alive. Therefore it's terrified of anything that's outside of the norm of what it is that we know, but it's like, we're not here to stay safe. We're here to grow and evolve and expand and, and quantum leap and experience all that there is to experience. And so it's, it's just, I think that the more that people can develop a loving, caring, trusting relationship with their intuition, the more that you're going to be able to succeed and anywhere in life. I love diving into that even further. I, you know, what something you said earlier about your path, you said, you know, I, I was led. And I think that relates to everything we're talking about right now and saying, because, and saying your intuition is ruthless and, and yeah, whatever your, your belief system is out there, your intuition, God wink, you know, divine timing, the universe, whatever it is, right. Your intuition, we all know what that is. And I think at first it whispers at you about the path. And at first it's like kind of quiet. And that's where things like meditation or prayer or silence or stillness or going on 
that vacation and just kind of getting out of the ordinary or something where you can still your soul a bit that you start to hear the whispers more. And that's why it's funny. We get our ideas in the shower, right? Cause our, we don't have our sure. phone. no one's For like sure. grabbing at us, et cetera. It's like, or driving with no music on, like we're not distracted. And so we kind of hear that intuition, hear those whispers, but life whispers first. And it's like, Hey, get healthy or Hey, start that business or Hey, reconnect with that person or Hey, this relationship isn't for you, whatever it is. Right. And if most of us suppress and ignore it, because we just get back into the day to day into our life, into the abyss, right into the like, instead of the high level working on our life, we work in our life in the day to day. And so we just suppress it and keep moving on and keep grinding. And we're all busy. But if we ignore the whispers, they get a little louder and a little louder and a little louder till eventually they're screaming. And hopefully it's received well. But sometimes if it's your health, for example, you could get you know, disease or something happens, or if it's your relationship and you just keep ignoring it, it's, there's a huge issue in your relationship or in your business or in where you're in a career that you don't love. And you're 10 years in, you're like, oh my gosh, like I wake up every day dreading what I do for work. So I think it comes back to getting still going inside and listening to the whispers. And and we, cause we are led with it. We are you know, if you believe in a higher power, we are co-creating this life. And there is some higher power kind of giving us intuition and leading us and guiding us in the right direction towards realizing our special gifts and talents. But it's up to us, like where the co-creation comes in to listen. And I think in that, we got to keep listening. And it's not easy. It's not like we just listen the first time and there's the path. We got to keep going and move towards that that quantum leap. But um, yeah. I we talked about this, how Ed Milette was saying, and I'd love for you to touch on this, how we're all not as far away from our big dreams as we think. But if we think we're far away, we create that space. Like, I feel like you're the perfect mm-hmm. person. Like, can you just expand on that? What does it even mean by that? I want to learn more. Yeah. 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 It's the human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the human makes meaning. The The human mind makes meaning out of all of these things. Right. And unfortunately, and fortunately for unfortunately is that the human mind often makes meaning based on our past, based on our experiences that we grew up with, based on our conditioning, right? Our conditioning creates a roadmap, a blueprint for the future. And unless we make the unconscious conditioning conscious it, you know, Carl Jung, it'll, it'll run your life and, and you'll call it fate. It's just what happens to our minds. And so a lot of people think that that quantum leap or the, the dream or the goal or whatever it is that they have is th- they make meaning out of it right? So it's this many years away, or it's, it's after I do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, right? And if you think about it, so much of it is societal, like look at, you know, we've played the college master's game and just go back at the degree and climb up the ladder, right? So it's very conditional. You go through this grade, this grade, this grade, this grade, and we're conditioned like that our entire lives. But a lot of it, especially when you come into entrepreneurship, is that we see what's possible only through what we see as possible with other people. So you see someone like Ed Milet. Now, I don't know about you, but I haven't been following him for my entire life, right? Mm-hmm. Like I haven't been following him for, I've probably been following him for a couple of years, you know, his, his story and his journey and everything. But because he is older than us, a lot of people could have that assumption that I can't make that much money or have that much influence until I'm that age, right? And we have these people that we look up to, coaches, mentors, guides, whatever it is, whether we are actually physically in their world or if we see them on Instagram and we just kind of assume. That, well, she has that and it took her this long, so it might take me this long. Now, I think it's beautiful to use other people to show us what's possible because other people, if we can't actually see what's possible, our brain, it, it, it can't perceive it. it. Oftentimes, our mind needs proof to see that something's possible. 
But just because it took someone this long doesn't mean it's going to take you that long. Time is literally an illusion that we create as humans. So when I first started to become an entrepreneur, I thought a million dollar a year was 10 years away. I told my husband, I think 10 years probably. And then one day I'm like, I think I might be able to do it in five. And then he said, what if you just went for it? You just stopped trying to put a time on it. And it's like, ah, oh, screw it. And then it happened within three years. And had I ever talked to somebody or met somebody that made a million dollars within three years? I don't know. I stopped paying attention because I started to just decide to put my blinders up and to really, truly just focus on, on me. And I, to get there, it was a lot of following the intuition, you know, it was a lot of like, Hey, this is what I desire. This is what I dream. This is what I want. If a dream's in me, it's for me. I've always had that in my mind. If my brain wants to put a timeline on it, I literally say, thank you for trying to keep me safe and trying to keep me on track. However, I'm not buying that just now I'm just not going to like, I'm not accepting a timeline. And then from there, I just go and I, I put my blinders up and I work toward that thing and I let myself be guided. And I also love to have an idea of what the what it's going to be. I'm like, I want to be happy while I do this. I want to be fulfilled while I do this. I want to have freedom while I do this. I'm not the type of person that can work my tail off for a year and then take, you know, time off. Like I I need I need a day like every other day where I have nothing on the calendar mm -hmm. except for whatever it is that I want, you know, and so it's like defining your parameters of what that is and letting yourself be guided and, and, and get there. But another thing that my husband and I do together is play the, just all the time. We're like, Hey, what if, what if we did this in six months? What if we did this in a month? What if next month we did this? Oh my God. And we play with time just to literally like reprogram the programs that we have, right? Cause our mind tells us that we have to have a career, be in a career for 30 years in order to make a certain amount of money. But like, Hey, what if we did that in a year? What if we did that in three months? What if we had this happen? And when you start to program your mind that way, it's literally your reticular activating system kicks on. It's what our mind does. And then you start to find proof in other people. So instead of seeing it took Ed Milet, you know, 40 years or whatever it is to build his empire, you start to be like, Oh my God, but I, I just found this woman who built this empire in this long, right? And this is why I love, I love listening to founders. I love hearing people's stories. Like I, I, I get just engulfed in people's stories because I'm like, whoa, he did it. It's like the, the four minute mile, you know, five minute mile. Like it's like, whoa, wait a second. He can do it now. I can do it. And it just starts to, to shed that belief on us. But the only person that can create meaning about a journey and how far away you are from a goal is yourself. So your brain can either be your biggest fan or your biggest, you know, thorn in the side. You get to choose. A lot of us are programmed for our brain to keep us safe, aka it's a thorn in the side. And we have to consciously choose every single day, but that's not going to be the case. You know, because the question I would ask anyone is why that why isn't it? Why couldn't you make your first million next year? Why couldn't you make, you know, or or have that house in a year? Like, why can't you? we, we create our realities in our mind and in our body before they actually come out to life. Mm. Mm. So good. There are so many things I'm like, I'm going to need to re-listen to this and write <laughs> some of this stuff down. <laughs> it's so good. Um, I have my gratitude journal here next to me. And this morning it had, it had us journal on like, what's your biggest challenge. And it said, put it on paper and it gave like examples of things. So it says, this could be anything from creating a better relationship to feeling comfortable in your own skin to becoming more financially stable. Chances are there's something on your mind most of the time. And I was like, hmm, okay. So this is like super just vulnerable. Like this is what I wrote. I didn't think I was going to be sharing this, but it's like on the same topic. I wrote, my biggest challenge is tied with financial awareness and responsibility. 
Mm. And then it says, write your identity statement. I'm skipping over some parts, but then I wrote, I am mindful with money we are, that we earn and spend, always making and investing more than we spend. Because mm. our biggest like challenge is, you know, we make a lot of money, but we also spend a lot of money. Oh, it's so easy you to know? spend a lot of money. And oh, our money so mindsets are so different. Money. Our money mindsets are so different. I feel like it'd be so good to have like an off the record or off the podcast <laughs> talk with Jen. Because I've realized in reading a lot of money books and everything, my upbringing is more scarcity. Sandy's is abundant. And yeah. so, and Sandy also has different trauma life experiences where she lives for today. She's like, tomorrow's not promised. And so yeah. I'm not going to save or do it like, not that she's not, she's more focused on today where I'm like, let's invest in the future. Let's make money and take yeah. our profits and invest it. So we can, I'm trying to create this financial barricade around our family because I never had that. So that's yeah. like, I need to do that. And Sandy's like, Tomorrow's not promised. Like we're not just saving yeah, everything. Like, I'm not taking this future. money to the grave with me. Yeah. Like let's go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, you're investing in all these things. Like what's come from it? I'm like, no, no, it's just building and compounding on each other. I'm like, you'll get. And so we come from different places, which is uh, good, and I actually appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but it's but something I, we actually. Yeah, I would love on. to know because I feel like a lot of people are probably in our situation where, you know, maybe you make a lot of money and you spend a lot of money and you could be more mindful about money and what you earn and how you spend it or invest it or how you and your partner think about money and how you have these different like wounds and traumas and things from your upbringing. And then you bring that together to merge your life together. And you're like, wait, what are we teaching our kids? You know? So I would love to know for someone working with you as someone that like, as a leader that helps leaders, right? And I'm sure a lot of it is around money and money mindset. How does someone, how do you work with someone? Like when someone comes to you, like what can they expect? Like, what does it look like to work with Jen? Like, what do you do to unravel that and like yeah. dig deep? Yeah, yeah. Well, first off, I want to honor you for your vulnerability and sharing that on a recorded podcast, you know? Like, <laughs> like, like money is like sex. We don't want to talk about it, but it makes the world go around. I always say that, right? Like, okay, everyone wants, everyone wants it in great amounts. It makes the world what the world is, but nobody wants to talk about it. There's such shame around money. And then there's such guilt. I mean, I'm guessing we're all the same age here and how many freaking people sat us down and taught us about how to love and respect and honor and treat money the way that it should be treated and, and to use it as a tool and not as a trauma response to, you know, like, like nobody, you know, like, so here we all are as business humans bringing in money. And then you're just like, yes, I need a new purse. Of course I need to add another hat to the collection. It's summer. This hat, you know, like, of course we do this, you know? And so I think a big piece of the work that I love to do is like, let's like just cut the shame around it because shame is the lowest vibrational frequency that we can potentially possibly exist at as humans. Shame is they they have you know, quoted and in David Hawkins' work is that shame is I think it's a 25 hertz frequency and it literally compares it to The Walking Dead because if you're existing in a place of shame it's heavy you're literally dying within and how often do we have feelings around shame whether it's rooted in abundance whether it's rooted in scarcity it doesn't matter where it's coming from what the if the driver right for for Wade he's like my driver is like your driver's lack because you never had it. So your driver for abundance is lack, but it's really probably a lot of shame from your parents that's in lack, right? And then Sandy's like, got this, well, yeah, I want to live this, like it's the driver's abundance, but then it's shame because you want to live in abundance, right? Because the adult version of us should say that you should save this and invest this, right? And so it's like, there's so much shame that's hidden around money 
and just like a lot in the world, but we, you know, that we all know this, we can't change or heal anything if we're existing in the vibrations of shame. We've got to bring it up and start to bring these things to surface and start to understand why we are the way that we are and why we're existing at this space. And, you know, as without, you know, I'm sure you guys have heard this. It's just classic spiritual, you know, like if, if, if you like have woken up once, you know, that it's, you know, as above, so below as within, so without. And so if we want to look at our world without with money, you know, how much is an account, how much we're spending, how much we're bringing in, whatever it is, as it relates to money. Well, the only way to look is within, because that's just a mirror of what's going on here. And money is a wild one. It's it's, seriously, I said it earlier. It's like a drug. It gives us dopamine when we spend it. It makes us, it gives us an identity. It provides experiences. You know, there's so many things tied up into it. And so, you know, we just, a lot of my work is diving deep into that and understanding it and bringing this stuff up to light. I mean, I've been in some, we could have a whole podcast on how, how I was a basket case with money and, you know, max out credit cards and student loans, making $36,000 a year as a teacher tutoring for cash. Cause I didn't, you know, my way of, of existing with money was very much, you just spend credit cards and you get paid and you just put whatever you can on the credit card. And then like, hopefully it goes down enough that I can like put gas in my car this week, you know, but I've got the wonderful stories of, you know, going to pay at grocery stores and it's like declined. And I'm like, Oh, must be expired. Not definitely not expired, you know? And, and, you you can't heal any of these things if you don't get to the root to, of them and you start bringing them to light and realize that the way that we exist with money, with business, with leadership, with whatever it is, the way that we exist is simply a product from our past. Mm. Our parents did the best that they could with what they had. Believe that to be true, but they were running on their own stuff too. And mental health and healing was not a big thing back in their day, but it isn't ours. You know, and so we get to kind of look at these different aspects of our relationship with money, understand why they are the way that they are, look at them, heal them, and really truly get into a space where like we hold the power. And because we hold the power, we then know what to do with money, you know, and that's a beautiful place to be. It's it's similar to food. You know, I think about back when I had an eating disorder, I couldn't look at food without going into a tailspin and I can't eat this, I can't eat this, but I think I can eat this, but this makes me fat. You know, and now I'm in a space where like I can eat whatever I want, whenever I want. And I have been like this for, you know, what, 10, 12 years now, mm-hmm. you know, but I had to do a lot of healing on myself to be able to get to that place with food, to not binge on a cookie every single time that I saw one, you know, and the same thing happens with money, but like, I'm excited to have more of these conversations with leaders all over the world because I think that, and that's why I wanted to honor your vulnerability, Sandy, is because I, I think a lot of people expect that when you make a certain amount of money, you're just like, huh, nope, I'm great. You know, I'm set for life. That the reality is we don't know what the hell we're doing. And we got to learn it, you know? And the reality also is, is, you know, wait, I will assume you probably have read like 98% of the money books that are, mm-hmm. that are on this earth, right? And mm-hmm. sometimes they help. And sometimes you're like, what the heck did that money book teach me, right? Because often with money, we try to put more in instead of stopping, clearing things out, healing things, you know, cutting some cords and then let that new information soak in. I had a a friend and a client years ago and he's like, I read that book. You're a badass at making money 11 times. And I said, well, what the hell happened that you couldn't just read it once? Like, why do you need to keep reading it? And you're still not changed. You know, and we often do this with money information where there's an abundance of it. We live in the abundance age of information, but if we're not going in to understand why we are the way we are and clearing these things out, that new information can't really make a big difference in our lives. Mm. So So amazing. Like you using that example of when you struggled through your eating disorder, like thinking of 
like versus now how you're like, I can eat anything and I'm, I'm fine. Like, I don't even think about it. I think you like nailed it and talking about like shame being attached to money because it's like, I feel shame sometimes when I want to buy something or commit to an experience or do something, but I'm like, Oh, okay. Like I should talk about it with Wade. Like that's a responsible thing to do. But if it was solely up to me, like if I was single, I'd mm-hmm. be like a fuck yes girl. I'm like, I'll figure it out. Close to me. I'm not worried about it. But I don't want to deal. I don't want to feel shame and I don't want to deal. I don't want to face him and be like, I felt like this was a good decision. So then yeah. it makes me feel low vibe. Yep. And like, wow, like all that I put out, all the lives that I impact, all that I do, like we your impact, like your income is a reflection of your impact. If you yeah. make a lot of money, it's because you help a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That's what it comes down to, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not to like shame people that like, you know, are teachers, right? You are helping a lot of people. That's mm-hmm. a whole different subject, right? Yeah. But just meaning like, I almost feel like it's almost like a worthiness thing or an ego thing of like, wait, I work so hard, but not in a way that drains me in a way that fuels me and gives me life. So mm-hmm. I feel like I deserve X, Y, Z. Yeah. Right. It's like this weird but then you saying the shame thing like that, like ignited something in me. And I'm excited to talk about this, like offline with Wade, um, because I feel like that's like, if we could just recognize that, yeah, that is the lowest vibe on the vibrational scale. And we don't want to live there anymore. We don't live there anymore. How do we like, at least start working our way up the vibrational frequency? How can we get this to, I forget what's above shame. I I do know this like chart. Um, Yeah. It goes up to guilt and then apathy and then Right. And then obviously like courage, well, it's really acceptance, willingness, and courage is where everything starts to change. But so many people with money want to go from shame up into abundance. Mm-hmm. So one, right. Like, and also we're wired as at a soul level to always find our way back to the highest frequency vibration of light. That's just how we are, you know? And so, so often what we want to do is go from this, this shame all the way up, but it's like, hold on, we got to accept we got to be willing to look and have the courage to accept where it is that we're at mm. and do the 3d human things, you know, like having the conversations and being like, you know what? I need four grand every month in my account that it is the, I get to do whatever I want with it. And you do not ask any questions. You know, like we've had ep- not ep- like seasons of our life where that's been the case where I like, look at my husband. I'm like, this is how much I need every month to just be like, it's just my effing money that I can just go and do whatever I want. And then guess what? I got I like a couple months later, I was like, I'm done with that. Like, I don't care to do that anymore because our definition of abundance changes separately, which means our definition of abundance as a, as a marriage unit needs to change as well. Mm. Right. Cause all that, that is, it's just a, it's just a mismatch of what security is, what abundance is, what safety is, you know, it's, it's just a mismatch. And then it's like, I got to come back together And sometimes, yeah, it's a season of like, give me this and don't ask what I do with it. Mm -hmm. I love that. Oh, that's a good idea. Have a like F it account. Um, I guarantee after like two months, you're going to be like, I'm over it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I love it. It's almost like feeling like the control of like, it's almost like me wanting to rebel of being like, Yep. You feeling like this is irresponsible makes you want to do it times 10. Literally. <laughs> well, we just come from different places. Like yeah. I come from, yeah, a more protection, protect our family financially. I'm like, no, Typical it's super irresponsible life. to make a lot and then somehow spend more than we make and like not invest for our future and invest in our children's investment accounts and all. So it's just a different I think, coming from and um, a different shame we experience. Cause I'm like, when I go to her, like, hey, let's invest instead of spend. I feel this like, 
your scarcity. Why can't we do it all like shame type thing. So it's like, and we have different strengths in money and we have different weaknesses in money, Mm -hmm. what I've come to realize. And it's just working, which is a beautiful thing and just working together on it to come in alignment. And we know, we know what we can do and we know we can take quantum leaps in our business and in our life and in our mindset and in our money and in all the things. And it just, it, it comes back to that alignment together, especially as partners in marriage and life and in parents and in business, like it's all about alignment together. And we know when we're so aligned, that's when like magic happens. And that's when we're most magnetic. For sure. But even that right there, because going back to the quantum leap, right? So often there's, there's an issue that's present in our lives. Right. And obviously we're just diving into this conversation. I could name like 87 million that I've walked through. Right. But so often there's an issue that comes to the surface and it's like, Hey, when you heal this issue and when you look at this issue, like those lay the foundations for the quantum leap to be able to happen. Mm -hmm. So like, I always say that too, with people, it's like, when you're wanting your next level, it's like, Hey, God source universe has just like literally been like, here's the problem, right. (laughs) But like, doesn't speak that way. And so it's like, when we can sit there and really work on those things, because the reality is with a quantum leap, whether it's money, you know, success, whatever it is, it just simply means more of what it is that you currently already have. And so if there's stickiness or like unworthiness or struggle with where it is that we're currently at, you don't want to amplify that into a new level. You know, like Mm -hmm. more is not going to be better. It's just Mm going to amplify what is, you know? So that's the other aspect too of quantum leaps. That's a lot of people think like, I'm so far behind. I've got this big issue. And it's like, yeah, you know, it's like recovering from a surgery. Like my husband's had ACL surgery before I knew him, but like you need to recover from that to then go be an athlete again and then be stronger than you ever have been before. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like healing those, those things that come up is what allows us to really, truly move forward at rapid rates. So good. This, we could talk about this for another hour, <laughs> but where, if people want more Jen in their life, where do we find you? Like, where do we connect with you? Where do we get more of this energy? I'm on Instagram, you know, it's where you can find me. That's love it. (laughs) Love it. We'll drop the link in the show notes for sure. You're amazing. Thank you so much for your time and your energy and just um, having this conversation with us. Is there anything else on your heart that you want to share with our listeners? Oh, you know, just, just everything we've talked about, like it's, it's going back to how we started, you know, of like getting magnetic, right. It's an internal game. And so often we're afraid to go within because we've avoided it and disassociated from it our entire lives. But, you know, that's where the secrets to abundance, magnetism, success, love, fulfillment, all of it lies. And so start getting real comfortable with the depths of your own being, you know, Mm -hmm. in order to expand into that infinite potential. Going inward. I I love love it. it. Thank Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you, guys. Only those that can see the invisible can do the impossible. So remember, you are magnetic.